0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution show brought to you by SASTOP, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth, and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today, and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome, Marcelo Lombardo, CEO and founder of OMI, to the SaaS Revolution Show. Welcome, Marcelo.
1: Thank you, Alexis. Thank you for having me today. It's great to be on our podcast. Great to have you on the podcast for the first
0: time. We'll also have you speaking at SASOT Latam in a, in a couple of months. We can talk about that later. Tell me, I see some high-rise buildings behind you. Is it a clue to the city that you're, you're calling from?
1: Yeah, we are in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where we are headquartered. It's the largest city in Brazil, close to 20 million people. So it's a big city here.
0: Beautiful city. I love Sao Paulo. I wasn't sure that I would love it before I came, right? Because before only knowing a little bit about Sao Paulo, I thought this huge city, 20 million people, a lot of skyscrapers, maybe more. I'm more of a Rio man, you know, some beaches, <laughs> and that kind of
1: thing. But actually... Let's say for pleasure, for vacations, Rio is best. But for business, you must be Sao Paulo.
0: Yeah, but also actually, Sao Paulo really surprised me. It felt a little bit like New York in some senses to me. And there was also just there's a lot of great restaurants and bars and culture and a lot of greenery and
1: great people. So, uh, yeah, and, and I want to tell you a secret. Sao Paulo and Rio, we are like US and Canada or France and the rest of the world. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I didn't know that, but uh, very, very good to know. <laughs> tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Who is Marcelo Lombardo?
1: Okay, Marcelo Lombardo, I'm the CEO and founder of OMI, and OMI is my second journey in the very same line of business. So before OMI, I had another ERP provider, uh, but targeting enterprise companies, and my life was kind of boring with a, a, a local company trying to compete with SAP and Oracle with large enterprises, and on 2013 we started a new project inside my old company uh, where we created a cell to develop a solution for small businesses. So on late 2013, I was able to, I, I managed to sell the old company to an American group and I, I didn't want to take a position on the multinational company or something like that. Uh, I, I preferred to, to jump out and to spin off that small cell with me. So that's when we started on October uh, 2013, like uh, seven people startup.
0: And now 2020, how many people are, are you employing at Omi? Uh, it's closer to 800 right now. 800? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty big. Uh, so based on that sort of 800, that great growth. Uh, and I, I guess a couple of questions on that: Are all 800 in
1: Brazil? Yes uh we work only in Brazil right now because Brazil is best known as the tax hell country, so uh, it means everything here is, is very complicated it's not uncommon you have to deal with eleven or twelve different taxes just to invoice one client so it, it's hard for the outside companies come to Brazil and compete with us, but uh, the other way around is also true. Uh, it's hard for us to re- take off the crap off to, to run out of, of Brazil.
0: Yeah, yep. No, we, we we know. I wondered why there were not that many like um, global events sort of companies uh, holding events in Brazil. I, I now know why, because it, it's quite complicated. <laughs> But I'm yeah. glad that Sastock is, uh, is is there and is one of the the, the first international events companies there. But um, uh, bringing it back to you, so 800 employees. Are you venture backed or bootstrapped?
1: We are venture backed. So we had uh, the the seed round on 2015 uh, from a local VC fund, uh, Astela Investimentos. And on 2018, we had Series A, like $6.7 million, also from Astella Investments. And last year, on last April, we received uh, $20 million investment from Riverwoods. Uh, that This is an international uh, uh, growth fund.
0: Excellent. And, and based on that last investment, are you happy to share what the valuation of the business
1: was or, or revenue? Or? Oh, the revenue, I okay. can. But we are yes. now... In a, in a $15 million uh, run rate. And, but it feels like a, a $60 million uh, company because uh, the conversion ratio from Brazilian real to US dollars is close to four, it's a little bit more than four. And someone that you, you hire paying $2,500 per week in US, we pay $2,500. Brazilian reais per week here in Brazil. So it feels like one-to-one. What you buy with one dollar, we buy with one real. It means it's good for you to come to Brazil and spend money here. But unfortunately, the the exchange rate makes, uh, uh, the feeling is not correct for us, but it, it feels like building a $60 million company.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I saw, I saw that, like, um, the previous guests that we've had on the podcast, like Diego Gomez from Rock Content and Eric Santos. Similarly, uh-huh. like, you know, huge uh, employee base. Uh, but the the U.S. dollar ARR, uh, you, you know, would in, in Europe or U.S. wouldn't reflect that uh, employee base within those regions. Uh, but yeah, at, completely right. As, yeah, yeah, but as you say, with, with, with regards to the currency to conversion, uh, it, it's more likely that, you know, if it was in the U.S., it would be a, a $60 million to the U.S. company. So that, that's fantastic. Did you sort of mention, or in terms of uh, OMI, whether that is an ERP company? That was the previous company? Or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell uh, t- talk a little bit about OMI. Uh, OMI right now is the number one management platform in the cloud for small and mid-sized business. So we put together... ERP software, entrepreneurial education, and financial services, all combined in a simple to use environment. And the the main problem with the Brazilian SMB is that companies in Brazil, they, they stop growing very early and they stay small forever. And our platform, we address precisely the root causes of this phenomenon so so uh, it, it means lack of management lack of credit access and education for the entrepreneurs
0: when you're targeting small and medium uh, businesses and you have 800 employees a uh, couple of questions so out of the 800 how many are in sales how big is your sales team uh, and then what is your sales model then because smb uh, often it can be self-service Uh, But let's kind of talk about like your sales team and and the sales model.
1: Okay. Uh, Let me tell you how how, uh, we developed our our sales model and our business model. When we just started back in 2013, we used to do like everybody else. Okay. So we used to advertise online using uh, digital marketing, Google AdWords, social media and things like that to attract uh, our potential leads, and then trying to convert them into paying customers as touchless as possible. So our sales team, uh, they, were, uh, uh, they used to be available on request uh, for our leads. But overnight, they pop up more than 100 competitors and everybody was executing precisely the same process. So uh, I could see the client acquisition costs rising to unhealthy levels pretty fast. In less than six months, we could see the click cost 10 times more expensive than it used to be a few months ago. So we, we need to, to find out another way to reach our market. And in Brazil, there, there's something very interesting in Brazil. Uh, every company must have a certified public accountant responsible for the business. So it's not like in US or other countries where you have do yourself accounting. In Brazil, you must have an accountant. So as a consequence, accountants, they are a proxy to the whole addressable market we have. So we partner with accountants in order to reach the end user. So uh, most of our people are in sales. Part of the team uh, searching for new accounting firms and uh, uh, part of the team, converting the accountant's clients into only clients as well. And why the accountant partner with us? Because we, we we ultimately, we transform five days work in just one day. So instead of handling tons of papers and typing everything into their systems with large teams, now both Business owners and accountants, they can share uh, a real-time paperless platform. So uh, we make the accountants far more productive. It's not necessary to pay commission to the accountants. By the way, the best accountants, they understand uh, offering a commission like something that is offensive because they, they, they find themselves a kind of conflicted. And so the best accountants, they they are not looking for a commission on the software.
0: Before you included this model of partnering with accountants and selling to accountants and this sort of uh, distributor or reseller model, you were self-serve like many other kind of businesses. Yeah,
1: in I used to be a self-service company. What
0: was the, the impact in moving now to, you know, selling to accountants like, was there? Uh, if, you, if we're looking at a chart, was, you know, what was it? Was it a hockey stick moment? And uh, uh-huh. can you can you can you measure it in terms of the revenue change from you, you know we were doing this to, to, to X now?
1: Well, uh, I think the 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 point where the the hockey stick phenomenon started was not precisely there because uh, by the way, I had a chance on 2014 to present. Uh, or project to uh, a very famous venture capitalist from Silicon Valley. I, I pro- you probably heard about Kevin Trusley from Axel Partners. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked at uh, my presentation and said, okay, Marcelo, great company, but there's a flaw in, in your plan. And I said, what is the flaw? And Marcelo, pay attention. You will never, ever be able to transform accountants into software resellers. And unfortunately, my answer to, to Kevin at that time was, you just watch me. Yeah. And I, I would love to have him seated in my side right now so I can tell on his face that he was completely right. Uh, accountants, they don't have a clue how to sell accounting services. So they, 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 uh, 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 they are not able to transform themselves into software resellers, uh, but they can generate leads for us. So most of, uh, of our team, they are focused on selling to the accountants' clients. They originate the leads, but they are not real resellers. Uh, uh, as I told you, they, they don't have a clue how to sell accounting services. And we, we are working to, to change the scenario, to try to teach uh, sales and marketing to the accountants. But th- it, this is a marathon. This is not a, 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 an easy task to be performed. And that's why we have such a huge team. Most of our people, like 500 people, they are involved in sales. Uh, a, a, a other large part of the, the team is CS, client, uh, client success, accountant success, and support team. And the rest is as developers and things like that
0: these accountants uh are they helping with lead generation is it like an affiliate model are they getting any kind of like kickback from the 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 leads that they're kind of providing uh are they just like you know we love omi so we're just going to recommend it to our clients and then if our clients are interested they introduce you but they don't get any fees like how does that arrangement work with the uh with the accountants without like too much detail.
1: Well, we, we started we started offering a kickback to the accountant, mm-hmm. but we we realized that the best accountants they are not uh, looking for this kickback. Uh, yeah. They are only looking to be more productive and to help their clients to to run better. Uh, just to have an idea, Alex, in Brazil we had 17 million small businesses and more than 90 percent. They don't have any software solution. So my main competitor right now is, is is the paper manufacturer. is the my main competitor. The second main competitor is Microsoft Excel. So it, it's very important for the accountants to have their clients organize it, and we help and this task. And when we put everybody in the same platform, uh, their lives become much better. They can perform. Uh, the same tests with just one, one, uh, one quarter of their team so that's why they love us and that's why they recommend us to to their clients
0: in terms of your go to market model uh do you still do the, the the paid ads do you still do content marketing uh do you still get the self serve uh, does does that work or or is it 100% you know uh we're all in on the 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 accountancy affiliates of the model
1: Sure, we do that, but it's not more than two or 3% of our monthly sales. Uh, We believe that someday uh, small companies will will wake up and start looking for a solution. But right now, if I convert 100% of the Google search into cloud accounting software or something like that into our leads, and then I convert 100% into paying clients I won't be able to reach my goal. So someday it will happen. So right now, most of my marketing efforts are targeting accountants. We have like 65,000 accounting firms in Brazil. And we uh, we are trying to educate them, uh, try to make them understand that they will be more productive once their clients are organized and running a decent ERP and flowing all the the information uh, digitally to the accounting firm. So that's the main task of of our content marketing and our digital marketing right now. But we are also looking for the entrepreneur. We are also providing content for the entrepreneur and mainly education for the entrepreneur. Uh, 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 One year uh, ago, we started Omi Academy. Omi Academy is an educational uh, initiative from our side, and it, it's not about teaching how to use the software. What we teach in Ome Academy is management, leadership, sales, marketing, business modeling. So uh, we, we create very high quality uh, online training. Uh, in short, Ome Academy is the education small business needs to succeed with a Netflix-like experience. And we don't expect to make much money from Home Academy. This is something we really, we do from the heart because we believe, we really believe small business, they need this kind of education. And it also is being used as a kind of content marketing to attract uh, entrepreneurs.
0: We wanted to talk a little bit about pricing, right? And, and let's find out like, how uh-huh. pricing... Has uh, affected and impacted your business for, for the good or bad, and I'm hoping good. Um, but tell me a little bit about your sort of like pricing stories and your 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 views on on pricing in SaaS and for your product.
1: Okay, well, I think the main lesson learned from from the the business model pivot we 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 created is that if you're doing what everybody's doing. Probably it will work, but it will not be very efficient. And this is the same about pricing. Once, once you, you can do in a different way from what everybody's doing, you probably have a chance to, to make more money. First, the channel determines the pricing. Sometimes when you're competing with 100, 1,000 competitors in, uh, for the searches and in, on the online Marketing, you, you will have to deal with very different pricing uh, uh, levels from your competitors. But once you reach the client that is not looking for a solution, uh, he will be interrupted by their accountant or by your channel. They are they are not looking for a solution. You you you, you must forget about all of the prices available online because you will have a chance to close the deal and once your your software have a a a big a high switching cost you will be able to keep this client with you with a a a higher pricing model so just to have an idea we used to compete in the same pricing level as our competitors in in the online market once we switch Switched our business model to partner with accountants and to sell to the accountants' clients. We were, were able to double our, our pricing level. And uh, over the last five years, we keep uh, adding 20% more every year. And clients are not complaining, new clients are not complaining. So, right now, our average ticket is like four or five times uh, our closest competitor and our turn rates are the lowest amount, uh, among our competitors. So first, the, the channel all, also can determine the price. You, you're not supposed to, to run the same price on, on both channels. And, and, and what I think is that pricing in software as a service is a kind of abstraction. You use abstractions to what your clients can pay for the solution. So most of, uh, of the SaaS providers, they they use headcount or, or, or per seat or per transaction pricing models. And I, I think I really believe that we we've, we've been very short in creativity to create this kind of abstractions. But this is a, an abstraction to how much the other side can pay. We assume that a, a company with more seats They they are larger and they can pay more for your solution. It's just an abstraction to the company size. And we pick a a very different one. In Brazil, you you have taxation layers, tax layers. So according to your your annual revenue, you, you are in a different tax layer here. So we charge according to the tax layer. You pay a fixed fee according to the tax layer so there's no user limits, no transaction limits, uh, no invoicing limits. Uh, so it it means the the uh, the the in, all the ideas they are aligned because when you limit the user count or the seed count, uh, people will make will make most efforts to not spreading your solution across the company. Because every time I must add another department using your software, you will have to pay more. And you think twice before doing that. So in our solution, you can use uh, uh, as, much, as many users as you want. So it's very hard to switch to another solution. Uh, so the kind success and the pricing models they are aligned. So what I see from my point of view is that most of the pricing models in the market, they do not align client success and, 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 and pricing. Uh, they are only focusing on a, a wrong abstraction model to target the, 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 the client. So it, it drives to other conclusions. Once you have many, many users in, in your client using the solution it, it also open new doors to upsell to sell more add-ons more services and that's why we added financial services right now we provide credit to our clients we provide we sell leads to crm users we sell uh, uh credit scoring to to the the financial users Uh, So we can add as many add-ons as we want because there are a a huge user base and the solutions really spread across your clients. And and that's why dealing with very small companies, we are able to to keep a net retention like 99.2% or close to that every month
0: agree and I, I i like that model that said makes it very sticky and i um you mentioned the additional kind of services that you you add in there you have probably been very interested to see like intuit's uh, um uh, uh they acquired uh, i think was it uh, was it Kl- klarna or somebody uh, th- this week so moving into the kind yeah, of consumer- Yeah, I heard about that yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I- interesting to see that, but
1: uh, yeah, but I, I'm not I'm not planning to acquire any credit provider no, things, no, no. Like, no. things like things no. like that. What I can see at NASDAQ is that when software uh, software companies uh, when they make loans from their pockets, the multiple goes down, and when credit companies they acquire software companies, the, the multiples go up. So we we don't pretend, we don't think about acquiring, do, do the same move as Intuit is doing. I think mm-hmm. it's a great move for a, a, a very well capitalized company with deep pockets like Intuit, but not in our case right now.
0: Sure, no, understood. And we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you're joining us uh, at Latam Uh, on the the 12th and 13th uh, of May in Sao Paulo uh, as well. Um, And uh, you'll be speaking there. Have you thought yet about what you'll be uh, talking about? Um, uh, And and can you share uh, that with us?
1: Okay, Uh, I will talk about what we see in in the investment market right now. We see a lot of money, uh, a lot of companies hiring a, a lot of money and we also see some phenomenas like we work and things like that so uh, right now I can feel that everybody is trying to to see the companies through the right kPIs they are are trying to understand if we are really building a, a healthy uh, economic structure for the company not only the, the vanity unit economics. Uh, and I, I, as far as I can see, investors are starting to run away from companies that are only targeting to grow at any cost, adding new clients at any cost. And, and some some sometime uh, in the future, we will figure out a way to make things profitable. And I, I'm afraid that we have a, a kind of pendle uh, uh, problem because we are running from one extreme to the other extreme right now. And probably there's a, a, a very nice place in the middle because growth is also very important. So we, we must keep a balance here. Uh, and we, we don't want to, of course, nobody wants to be fooled by misleading unit economics. So right now we, I can see companies here, they, uh, when they announce their churn rates, they say, okay, wait a minute, this is not a uh, churn, this is voluntary churn. So what the, hell, what the heck is voluntary churn, man? Uh, once the client is paying and he stops paying, it's churn. No, 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 companies going out of business, they are not in this category. So come on, the, uh, uh, we can see right now many misleading unit economics, we must keep track of the right unit, unit economics. But I think uh, we, we must keep an eye on growth. Growth is very important, mainly to reduce the company risk. Uh, it, it's very easy if you have a good idea to be outrun for someone else with the pockets. So it, it's very important to keep the growth focus. And not go to the other extreme right now. There's a very nice place in the middle.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to that. A very hot topic. So a, a good trend. to- yeah,
1: I think it's the uh, hottest topic right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Very, very, very good. So I, I think that's that's going to be great. So looking forward to that. Sass.latam. Uh, on the 12th and 13th. So you can go to satellite.com uh, forward slash LATAM uh, to see the full lineup of speakers uh, and agenda out there and uh, um, uh, and obviously attend to see Marcelo's talk. Uh, final question, Marcelo. Well, we always ask our guests how they stay healthy and sane on their journey. You're running a company of 800 people. Like, How do you stay healthy, sane, fit and fresh Like to come in to do this and manage to do it? <laughs>
1: uh, first... I'm having lots of fun here right now. Uh, I I learned a lot from my previous journey. Uh, I I think my previous company, I I used to run my previous company for 20 years, and uh, starting only uh, where we can use my previous experience as a, 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 a huge school to learn what not to do. So, right now, I, I may not be completely sure what I, I'm supposed to do, but I'm pretty sure what I'm not supposed to do. So, it, it, it's good to be in a second journey. Uh, it, it, it helps me a lot to be sane, but uh, I think the most important thing you can do is to have a, a really great management team and leadership team in your company. So if you have to take care of everything, uh, you will be crazy with with 50 people. It, it, it's, not, uh, it's not necessary to reach 800 people to be crazy. So I think the most, most important thing is to have a great management team and a great culture in, in your company. Once you're able to have a culture where there's no... Cover your ass situations, and everybody's targeting uh, uh, the same goals, uh, if you will be in, in, in a position where you can also enjoy your life while you're running the, the company.
0: Great advice there, uh, one certainly I think uh, all of us can, can learn from. So, Good advice, but not easy to do at all. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. It's, it's, it's never easy, but, uh, um, but excellent. I really enjoyed speaking to you and, uh, and discussing these topics and uh, looking even more forward to, uh, to, to seeing you in Sao Paulo in a couple of months. Um, thank you, Marcelo Lombardo, CEO of uh, OMI, for sharing uh, your time and, and, and learnings with, uh, uh, with the SaaS Revolution uh, show. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SAS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SAS Doc conferences around the world.